Yes, welcome to On The Brownlow, where we take a deep dive into the Brownlow medal and how it is voted here at Sportsbet. Very different, we think, to the way the media votes. We try and vote as the umpires do. So let's get straight into it. I'm going to welcome the two men to my right and my left, Dave Newell, Cam Dean, Sportsbet traders, Sportsbet analyst. Take us through what you do, mate, and welcome. Uh, yeah, thanks, Brownie. Um, my role involves just looking at prices, liabilities, um, pricing up the games for the weekend, player markets, and that sort of sphere. Uh, took over from Cam, who did it before me. Oh, yes, Cameron Dean, uh, the oracle of sports, but he knows everything around football, around the Brownlow medal, and uh, what do you do now? Well, it is a case of the apprentice becoming the master, and Dave really has overtaken. He's, he's really, really good at what he does now. Um, I'm more of a looking at sort of some commercial aspects of the business, um, but I just can't let go of that love of the Brownlow. And the love you love of- the Brownlow. It's your favourite part of the year, isn't it? And you have a look at it a long way out. It is like Christmas for punters. The Brownlow is one of the best things. And if you do the work during the year, when it comes around to Brownlow Day, you have got so many bets going. You don't know what's happening, but you are just you're marking it off. You're watching it. It's it's such a good night, isn't it, Dave? That's really? right. Yeah. Um, obviously, when you're trading it, it's really hard to keep track of your bets. You're lucky that you're sort of out of that sphere now. But um, yeah, it's a really good night. So you do the work early, pretty much like a preseason. You have a look at it at the start of the year, and we're going to get into Lockie Neal because you love him a little bit later. You've had a good go at Lockie Neal, but you identified him earlier in the year. Yeah, yeah, really keen on Lockie Neal. Unfortunately, this show's being recorded at the moment because early on in the year we were quite keen on him and he's, he's a lot shorter than he was earlier on the season. When we started this show, we did a pilot about a month ago. He was $4.33. Uh, he's very short at the moment. Let's get in. Let's have a look at how you vote. It's very different to the way the media votes. You try and vote like umpires. Just take us through a scenario that we've got on the screen now. Yeah, so there's a different way that we do our votes, which is more of a percentage um, sort of aspect to it. So where the media will go three to this player, two to this player, one to this player, um, we sort of go what percentage of the three votes is each player in for. Um, so for example, on the weekend, we've, we've had a few different games um, where players are in for 50 or 60%, but the media's given them three, and ours comes out more like two. Um, so it does even up the votes across the year, but game by game, it's quite different. Not all the three votes are the same. So one of the games you spoke about on the weekend, Brisbane played against the Western Bulldogs. Brisbane, obviously, Lockie Neal, the favourite at the moment, had 37 disposals, kicked a goal. Jack McRae had 40 disposals, played pretty well. And Eric Hipwood kicked five goals. So Herald Sun, Lockie Neal, three. The Age, Lockie Neal, three. Triple M, Lockie Neal, three. But looking at Sportsbit and the way you voted it, it's different to those three media organisations. Yeah, very tricky one to get right, this one. Um, any of them could be in for the three. Um, you'd probably think not McRae because they did get beaten pretty comfortably. But Hipwood and Neal, they're right up there. And I think we, we lent to Hipwood just with the five goals. But Neal's got all the hype and everyone's aware of how well he's going. So it could easily be Neal. It's a, it's a really intriguing game, that one. Because in the shortened format, five goals is like six or seven, and the forty disposals, and they've both two players have done either of those, and then Neil's also had thirty six and kicked a goal, and Brisbane have won the game. So it's a really, really tricky one, and I think that's where it's not the black or white. That's where the sports bet system is. It's better than just saying, "Oh, this guy's got a three because you don't. You sort of you're sort of estimating that a little bit. So it's so that's the. Three blokes could have got votes, but the week before, Dusty plays twenty seven disposals, three goals. You've got him in for. How much of that? I think 2.95 you came out. It's 90, 98% or something. So there are some games where you do sort of go the media style and give them three. Um, but in this example, it was more spread. All right, Cam, there's voting attributes. The attributes that players have, the way they play, the way they get about the field that you like and that you look for. Yeah, I think, well, firstly, when, when you look at a game, you look at the stats. So you're looking at what they got. And the primary stats are the amount of disposals they've had 
and the goals. And then that's that sort of forms the basis. And then there's some other things that you look at on top of that is how they got those stats. So the, the impact of those stats and the timing of those stats. Did they get them in key moments? Did they get them? Did, did they run with the ball and then kick a goal? Or do, are they getting a lot of kicks and not so many handballs? So then they're, they're sort of the impact of the stats. And then there's there's sort of things that are standout features. I think one, that's one of the big things that... that um, would be differentiate my look at the view of a game. So you might have two players. One guy's got 25 and two and another guy's got 25 and two, but someone might have a helmet on or he might have curly blonde hair. And, I, and they've done, stat, they've done um, uh, uh, studies on this and found that guys with bald heads, guys with long curly Gary hair. Gary Ablett. There you Matty go. Matty Prittis. There you go. Angus Brayshaw. Angus Brayshaw with the helmet. So you're saying that Angus Brayshaw voted so well in the Brownlow because of the added helmet. Play, played very well that year, came third, but certainly had the helmet off. That was a huge anomaly of what I've seen, one of the biggest I've seen of what I predicted and how they went. And that helmet had huge bearing on it. I'm not, I don't want to take too much away from Angus Brayshaw, but the helmet in voting there was a big advantage. And, and that happens. So you've got to look at those sort of things. So that's as hard as you look into it. You do that sort of research. So Lockie Neal. Now, you're big on Lockie Neal because this year he's kicking the ball a lot more than what he was in the past and he's kicking goals. Yeah, and I was, sorry, just going back to one more thing is we're trying to we're trying to work out what an umpire is going to do, not what we think is best on ground. So we're going to say, okay, who do we think the umpire is going to give best on ground to? Not like, oh, Nick Nat was great, you know. Like they don't give votes to, yep. to Ruckman, so you have got to take that into account account when you're doing these things. That's and so, yeah, and that's a really good point. We see that with a lot of like the media companies might put out like a, a, a key defender um, because they thought they played really well, but they're they're not trying to predict the umpires like we are, and that's why we do differentiate from a lot of the public tallies that are out there. Yes, and, and I suppose and that's the one other sort of point getting off track a little bit. Norm Smith, totally different to Brownlow. Brownlow's a midfielder's medal. Norm Smith, Ruckman and Backman have got much better chance because it's not voted by, by umpires. Ah, nice work, boys. Let's have a look at last year's Brownlow and how it finished and how we voted. Obviously, we thought Patrick Dangerfield was going to win this. Now, the anomaly here is Nat Fife, who no media organisation had winning last year. Nat Fife was not even in the picture at some point, but we've got that one wrong. But everyone else on that page within a vote, a vote and a half in the 2019 Brownlow medal. Yeah, Fife, I think, took everyone off guard last year. He got lots of threes. I think there were some games where he had 20 disposals in a loss and got three, and no one really saw that coming. But um, otherwise, it was quite a good year. Unfortunately, when you get one wrong by that much, it can cost you pretty big and didn't end up that well from a, from a betting perspective. But, um, yeah, it wasn't too bad from an accuracy. Chris Judd, when he won his second Brownlow medal, had 19 disposals against Collingwood, didn't kick a goal, got three votes that day. So... That's the sort of thing you're talking about. The bald head, the name, yes. Chris Judd. Yes. Might have had a couple of dashes that day. Didn't do a lot, but got the three votes. Yeah, yeah. the bald head, the strapped shoulders. He always, he was very noticeable. He stood out. I think also Chris Judd had a really good year the year before. Didn't win the Brownlow. So the next year there was a little bit of lag there too. All right, let's have a look at the outright markets as they stand right now. And uh, Lockie Neal is the favourite by a pretty short margin here, $1.62. Christian Petrarca's coming. Boak, Dustin Martin, Jack McRae. We're going to talk about a lot of these individually, but over the page there. And Jack Steele, a surprise this year. Tim Kelly is rounding out the top 10 on this occasion. And Cripson Dangerfield, obviously, in there. But that's the outright market as it stands. Now, many players who get to the Brownlow medal, and we've broken them up into categories here. So we've got the boys that are on the waters. 
very I like the stickers. Were you ever on the waters, Brownie? I was on the waters in 2005. No, no, no. I wasn't even there. I'd broken my leg, but I was leading the Brownlow at that point. Now, uh, on the waters, we've got Lockie Neal. So continue on about Lockie Neal. He's into $1.62 now. Uh, and you told me about five weeks ago the reason why I love Lockie Neal. He's kicking the ball much more than he did last year. He had the breakout year last year where he got a lot of votes. And now this year, you think he's going to vote even better. Yeah, and he's getting more forward to centre than he has in previous years, which adds up to kicking more goals, which you can see in the stats. And he's also, yeah, as you say, he's kicking more, not handballing as much. Um, he's quite short now. Explain this graph here. So we've got the percentage of team votes and the percentage of team votes for last year. Yeah, so 46% is what I've got him in for of their total votes this year. Um, that's probably a little bit more than we'd expect him to get. I'd be probably thinking more around 40% is what he'd be averaging. Um, last year, 29%, probably a little bit less than we expected um, as a percentage. So, um, yeah, it's probably in for 40 going forward. And as I said, they're in for a lot of wins, which I think holds him in good stead. Yeah, and he has got polling history. I think he got 26 votes last year or yep, 20. 26. And, and he had polled previously, got over 20 again in another season. So, And that was uh, against Fife in previous seasons. And now he doesn't have Fife around him. So there's a lot of upside there too. So the other bloke right now we've got on the water is Christian Petrarca, who is having a breakout year. He's flying at the moment. He's one of those players that is noticeable as well. Uh, $11, I think he's in under that $10 quote at the moment? Yeah, the Petrarca one, there's a couple of key ones there for me, is A, he's got another game to pick up, so he's what he's on now is not representative. He's got that game against Essendon that got cancelled that needs to be made up. Um, he's a He's got that attribute. He kicks goals by pushing off players. He runs with the ball, so he will be noticeable. And he's had the hype around him too, hasn't he? He's had the media hype, which the umpires had noticed. Yes, he has, but the one thing as a negative for track is he hasn't very voted very well in the past. He's had a really poor polling history. Didn't get a so single zero vote. last year is a, is a 0% there on the 2019. Yeah, I don't know. Has anyone ever got zero votes the year before and gone on to win the Brownlow? Not many, I don't think. so. That's a good point. Um, I think Petrarca as well. He's in for 30% of their team votes, which you can see on the screen. I don't think that comes down. Um, I think he'll maintain that level. He's got a game in hand, as you said. So if he gets three there, he's only three behind Neil, which is not that much. So at the price... He's, he's not looking too bad. He probably yeah. would have been close to three votes last week. Would have helped that Max Gorn didn't play that game as exactly, well. Yeah. And Viney. Gorn with a bit of an injury at the moment can can help. All right, let's have a look at some of the roughies that we've got for the Brownlow medal. Here's the roughies. The first one, uh, and probably shouldn't be a roughie, but Dustin Martin, previous winner. Very, very quiet in the early games. Very quiet, Dustin Martin. He's exploded in the last month. He is $15 at the moment. And Dustin Martin's first eight games weren't Oh, they were okay. They weren't great, but we've only got him in for 1.87 votes. But in rounds 8 to 11, you guys have got him in for 6.36 votes. That's right. And we saw the same thing last year where he polled only, I think, two or three votes from rounds 1 to 7 and flew home with 20 in the last 14 games. He's got that upside. The downside being that there's only six games left, I think, for Richmond, and he's got to make up, I think, nine-ish votes. So it's a lot of work to do, but if someone's capable of doing it, it's probably Dusty. Yeah, I'd say, same as Dave. Dust, Dusty's he was started the season poorly last year. He started the season this year poorly. But when it, the back's against the wall, there's a lot of other players out and Richmond are struggling a bit. He loves to step up. He loves to under the pressure. And they're going to have that in the back end now because they need to make top four. So that, that's what's on Dusty's side. Right, let's talk Travis Boak. Port Adelaide flying at the moment, up the top end of the ladder. Most of the time the ball is in their forward half of the ground. This guy getting a lot of disposals has voted well in the past. Yeah, Bokey's, uh, yeah, I think he got uh, 16 votes last year. He's got over 20 v votes before in a Brownlow. He's not pretty, and, and that 
it doesn't go well for him. But the thing that I will say is he's, his averages aren't necessarily better than previous years this year, but what he's doing is he's having big games in winning games and he just sort of keeps bobbing up and he's hanging in there. So I, th- he's, he's like, I think you've got him third at the Brownlow so far. If he just keeps bobbing up, then he's a chance. Yeah, my, my concern with Boke is uh, Hinkley can be a bit of a madman with the magnets, I think. And last <laughs> week he played forward, I backed his over disposals, which hurt, but he can do that sometimes and it, it, it's a handicap he's got to get past where he's got games where he's potentially just being taken out of the voting. Also getting a bit older and with the, the festival of footy and a lot of quick games, he might be rested or, or played forward to give his body a rest, which might hurt him. Port Adelaide more wins than anybody else at the moment, so in for more votes, I'd imagine, too. Yeah, and definitely so far this year. Like, he's only in for 22% of their votes, I think, but he's third um, or, or second overall. Um, and, and that just speaks to how many votes Port are getting because when they win, they do win well and they win a lot. Yeah, that's a good point you make about Port being in for more votes. But whereas when Richmond were winning lots of games, they didn't necessarily get more votes because they give away a lot of possessions. They let the other team have a few votes in their big wins, whereas Port, when they win, you know, they're going to they get dominate. The They dominate. They're going to get the majority of their wins. One of the guys that jumped out of the ground this year has been Jack Steele at the Saints. He's a big-bodied player, gets a stack of the football at the moment, does a job very noticeable. I would think with his hair, he's got quite a, a good mop of hair at the moment, Jack Steele, and uh, you guys have got him right up the top end. Steele, yeah, Steele's an interesting one. Um, it speaks to what you were talking about before, Cam, with uh, I think he polled one vote last year and 1% or 2% of their votes, which isn't much. Um, this might be his breakout year, but it might not be the years the umpire, uh, the year the umpires see him breaking out. So there might be a lag. We do have him going pretty well, and there's a lot of games where he's in for one or two with us, but he might get three and he might have that upside but he also might get zero. So he's a bit of an unknown. Yeah, he's had a big year, but unlike Petrarca, I don't find him as noticeable. I don't notice Steele that much when I see the games. And um, if he hasn't had polling history, I worry that he will, he will he get noticed this year. He might need to wait another couple of years. So who's taking votes off him? Good question. Billings, uh, you know, like there's, there's players jumping up. It's an even spread at St Kilda. He doesn't dominate yeah, Jack yeah. Steele. Gresham, Zach Jones get in there. Dan Butler, maybe yeah. he, he could be yeah. a bit of a But smoke. Jack Steele's up there in all the media awards as well. I mean, most of the media awards, Herald Sun, you see he's top three, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. Um, he's got a very consistent stat line, but he never really gets that dominant stat line. So you can never pencil him in. He, he's definitely an unknown. All right, let's have a look at our leaderboard. This is the sports bet leaderboard as it stands right now. So you've got the odds down the right there. Lockie Neal. Tell you what, Christian Petrarca is closing. Um, and the guy we just spoke about, Jack Steele, you've got him in some votes. But the surprising one for me was Jack Billings there on the first page. You've got him coming fourth at the moment. Yeah, and the price, obviously, 50 to 1 for someone coming fourth. Um, it sounds pretty good. The analogy you might use is the Melbourne Cup. You know, you might see a horse coming, coming fourth, um, coming around the, the straight but it's not going to win. I feel like that's a bit of the Jack Billings factor. Um, he has maintained it now for 10 or 11 rounds, so you never know, but it just feels like he's going to drop off. You've got three Melbourne players in the top 10 at the moment, Clayton Oliver and Max Gorn as well. Dustin Martin, as we know, he flies home. The one I'm interested in there is Tim Kelly. Gets a silver service now from Nat Newey, and he looks like in the last month his game has gone to a new level. And hasn't, yeah, and he is. Tim Kelly's playing really good football. Also, Dom Sheed's come on the last couple of weeks. What I noticed there is Oliver's up in the leaderboard. He's got the Brownlow hairstyle this year, hasn't he? He's gone for it. He's like, I want to win the Brownlow. (laughs) He's got all the spiky and things going out. So, So are Melbourne getting enough votes, though, to have those three guys in the top 10 at the one time? Or are they the only Melbourne players getting votes? More the latter, I would say. Um, it's pretty much a three, maybe four horse race at, at Melbourne with Viney, but um, him, Oliver, Gorn and Petrarca, 
that's pretty much them getting votes when they win. All right, let's have a look at the tips. We're going to give you a tip and a roughie. I'm assuming, Cam, you are going for Lockie Neal because you've backed him since round one. I'm sticking fat. Lockie Neal is my tip. And then the outsider, uh, Travis Boak, who I spoke about, just for the reason that he's got votes on the board and he's keep popping up in the big games. And Yulik? Yeah, Neil's my tip. Um, at the price, I wouldn't be backing him you don't now. You seem but... too confident about that tip. <laughs> well, I do like Petrarca. I, yeah. think, I think Petrarca with a game in hand against Essendon, that game is too, which you know is a big chance of polling well and getting a win. That only puts him three behind if he does do that um, behind Neil in my vote. So the way he's playing, I can see him getting that upside. He's really dominating games and, and, and taking the bull by the horns. So Petrarca would be my tip to And back. then, of course, later on in the year, we have the top three. You can bet on the top five, the top ten individual team votes, three-vote games. So uh, we're going to do this again in about three or four weeks' time. We're going to update it every month, and then we're going to do a show leading into the Brownlow every week before the Brownlow medal. Now, my tip is Lockie Neal. I think he, it's his to lose unless he gets injured. And my roughie is Tim Kelly. I love the fact that uh, I watched the game against Carlton yesterday and just the silver service he gets from Nat Newey and the umpires are noticing him. He's got the tattoos and what he's getting is free space and I love how he's running with the football out of the middle and I think that is very noticeable and it goes on what you're talking about. He does run and carry a lot and West Coast have got a lot of big wins coming up. They're playing really good football. It's it's a great point you make about those other markets that come out closer to the Brownlow. That's where a lot of the betting action is come Brownlow Day and that's, that's really where it gets exciting when those markets come out. Well, thanks very much boys. I hope we gave you an insight into the Brownlow. We'll be back in about three to four weeks with an update on the Brownlow show. Good luck if you're punning on any of this and please do so responsibly.